So the Trojans are 3-0. They're making it look easy, and they're taking on the role of the bully on both sides of the ball. Let's review how easy it was on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free, and I really love that you're coming along for the ride. You're helping the show grow, and without you, I'm kind of wasting my time. So, if you're watching on YouTube, you see that subscribe button? Click it, hit it, knock it down. Show how good, show, uh, show that you belong on the USC defense. And if you're just, you know, you don't want to look at this face and I don't blame you, uh, go ahead and hit me up on my Twitter at Mark Colkin. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't. But we're going to talk about Fresno State. USC's big win over the weekend. You know, you know, I, I, we're going to review the game. Uh, that's what we do here every uh, every Monday. You get me five days a week. So first show after the weekend, we're just going to kind of review the game. Uh, we go over some highlight plays, players, quotes, and then uh, later in the week, we'll grade the positions and, and so forth. So um, let's just go ahead and start on offense because that's what, that's you know, Lincoln Riley chose to uh, to go on offense when they won the coin toss. So far, USC's had three coin tosses. They're two and one regardless. Um, it doesn't matter. You If USC wants the ball, they're probably going to score. If you elect like Stanford does to try and attack USC's defense, uh, you might end up paying the price that way as well. Nevertheless, um, let me, re- since we are now three games in, I want to go over the first three offensive drives for USC in her first three games. So real quick review. Against Rice, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Expected, right? Against Stanford, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Okay. Fresno State, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The efficiency uh, on offense has been nothing short of perfect, spectacular. Uh, I cannot come up with enough superlatives. I'm sure you can. Let's just say it's been unstoppable. That's... I think we can put a bow on it with that, right? Uh, at least on the, when they when they get the ball for the first three possessions, they're going to put up touchdowns, and that's how USC is going to beat their their opposition because the other team, so far they've shown they can't keep up. Um, you know, against Fresno, I think Lincoln Riley chose the long game. We've his offense has shown that he that they can score quickly. Uh, one play, two plays, three plays, that quick, that fast. Well, again, against Fresno, they took a more methodical approach. Uh, their first scoring drive took 13, play, 13 plays, excuse me, going 87 yards in just under five minutes, four minutes, 55 seconds. Caleb Williams found Jordan Addison for the easy throw, three-yard touchdown pass. And I believe that's through five games that gives Jordan 
that gave him five on the season so far. Uh, any of you who like to check those numbers, let me know. Appreciate it. And uh, and then from that point forward, I, I USC just said, you know what? Let's get physical. Let let's remind everybody that we're not a finesse team. That we don't just throw the ball, although we do it really well. Um, their next two offensive drives. So the second one took 12 plays, 65 yards, five minutes, 27 seconds. And that one finished with Caleb Williams, just basically trotting in for an eight yard touchdown run. And then on their third, this is where they, uh, again, another 12 play drive, 65 yards, five minutes, 27 seconds. I just went over that. I apologize. There's a third one. I knew this was the big one. USC took a 21 to three lead with 8.04 to play in the second quarter. And this was their longest scoring drive. 15 plays, 83 yards, six minutes, 42 seconds. So not only did the Trojans lead on the scoreboard, um, scoring three touchdowns on those first three drives that we just reviewed, but they were also, they were killing the Bulldogs. I mean, and they were doing it in a very slow, methodical, almost like they are training their new pet. Uh, that this is the way it's going to be, and there's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. So, uh, time of possession at this point was USC, 17 minutes, 5 seconds. Fresno State had the ball for 4 minutes and 53 seconds. That will get the job done. You know, and I'm going to kind of remind everybody, this is the growth that USC has made in, in just a year. This is not your Clay Helton coached Trojans. This is a, you know, remember Clay said he wanted USC to kind of emulate other programs. One of the ones he mentioned, Stanford. He wanted them to be able to out physical teams, run the ball. Guess what? They're, they're doing exactly what USC's former head coach envisioned. It just took, uh, I'm not going to say it took the right person. It took a different message to get that message across. And it's working. <laughs> it's working great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is your new, uh, this is your new improved Trojans. They love to play fast. Um, they can play loose, but they also love to play smash mouth. And, how do you game plan for that if you're the for the opposition? It makes it really difficult. Are you going to stack the box, try and stop USC from running the ball? You're going to get picked apart by Caleb Williams and those receivers. It's it really is a pick your choice, pick your poison type of defense that you're going to have to come with. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, so far no one's been able to uh, come up the with uh, the kryptonite to stop USC's offense. Not yet. Although uh, we'll see what Oregon State can do this weekend when USC travels up to Corvallis. This is their, uh, this is one of those spots where USC struggles. And it doesn't matter who the head coach has been over their history. We'll see if Lincoln Riley wants to uh, change that trend or, you know, whatever's been happening in the past and just keep moving forward. This is his USC team. <clears throat> so also, now, the first for Lincoln Riley, you know, Saturday night against uh, 
Fresno, that was his first night game leading the Trojans out of that tunnel. It was kind of cool. Turned down the lights. You had the flames going up out of the tunnel. I think for the most part, you had everybody's iPhones, flashlights, or whatever working. So it gave a pretty cool effect around the uh, around the Coliseum at night. Yeah, it was. If you had a chance to check out pictures or videos, or if you haven't, go check it out. It's all over the place. Um, I'm sure I've uh, got it on on my Twitter, or you can go check out WeRSC.com's Twitter or Scott Trader's Twitter. Somebody's got it up there for you. Uh, but getting back to my point, for the first time since 2018 in this game, USC had two running backs hit the century mark. That's right. Travis Dye and Austin Jones. And uh, Dye was really impressive when he came back after leaving the game early. He got, let's just say, uh, his manhood took a shot. <laughs> Unintentional. Nevertheless, uh, he took a knee to the groin area. And look, we've all been there, guys. It hurts. And uh, it hurts a lot. And I have to imagine the only pain worse than that would be giving birth. Women, let me know. Tell me I'm wrong. I know I'm not wrong. Giving birth is the last thing I ever want to do. So praise to you. Thank you. Anyways, I'm moving away, way far away from what we were talking about here. Um, when he came back in, uh, Travis Dye, literally, he he took a page out of Earl Campbell's playbook. If you remember uh, the great Texas Longhorns running back who ended up playing for the Houston Oilers, um, he came in and he just ran for 25 yards, touchdown. He was bigger than everyone. At least he ran bigger than everyone. He ran stronger than everyone. Uh, but someone his size, you know, he's, Travis is not the biggest guy, but he broke tackles and uh, it was a sight to behold. It had the crowd jacked, it had the crowd jacked up. Really cool to watch. And I anticipate seeing more of that from this USC running game. Solomon Bird has a rush end for USC. He has put Lincoln Riley's words into action. Um, remember, I we've spoken about this. Lincoln Riley, has, um, when he talked about his wide receiver, um, Hollywood Brown, I believe his name, Marquise Brown, he started out on the scout team. About halfway through the season, he was starting, and he ended up being their leading receiver. You know, statistically, he was just putting up numbers that were crazy, video game numbers. Solomon Bird uh, came over from Wyoming, and he probably had the individual play of the game. Um, he had one of those physical plays in hockey, would call it the hat trick. He literally, on in one motion, got to the quarterback, stripped the ball, sacked the quarterback, recovered the fumble. USC ball again. Um, I described that drill in one of my last practice reports. It was either, I think it was on Wednesday last week. Head on over to wrsc.com and you can read it for yourself. They are, they taught that exact drill, you know, get to the ball. He was able to get to everything, but the words that, that, that Solomon put in action again, he was third on the depth chart when he arrived at USC, he played five snaps against rice. And he remembered that after the game, Lincoln asked him, 
How many right? How many snaps did you play? Five. It didn't take any time for that answer to come out. But on the Fresno, he had the game ball. He was presented the game ball. Keep working. Keep doing what the coaches ask. Trust them. Good things are going to happen, especially with this staff. I'm watching it with my own eyes, and I'm trying not to get too giddy and and just going all in uh, from a fan perspective. But I'll tell you what, it's hard. These guys are balling. Anyways, um, don't let any, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, however, the Trojans under Lincoln Riley, they're three and zero, and they are imposing their will um, on their on their opposition. It, they're just they're doing it when they want to do it and how they want to do it. You know, it's one thing when you beat the opponent into submission. Then there's beating your opponent with such brute physicality that you leave the other team worse off than when they arrived. That happened to Fresno. USC knocked out both of their team captains and their two best players on both sides of the ball. Starting quarterback, Jake Hayner, and their starting safety. Name slips my mind. Forgive me. Um, you never wish injury on anybody. Uh, nevertheless, when you're when you're beating the team into submission, physically, you're sending a really loud message and a very strong message that the Trojans are back and they're going to reestablish themselves as the bully on the block. Fortunately for you, Pac-12, you only get them for two more years. And I'll tell you what, Fresno State is going to testify that USC is back. Um like I said, when USC is playing with a physical running game combined with a defense that hits and keeps hitting, even when the opponent is down and the fight is over, that's what USC did. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of that here coming up very soon. Um, I'm going to tease you. USC had a goal line stand. Nevertheless, um, USC sent a message that uh, they're not going to lay down. And they're not going to lay down until that final gun sounds or whenever they're ready. Whichever comes first. That is what USC football is supposed to look like. Bet on it and bet big. Um, You know why? Head on over to betonline.net. You have to. Because Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college bet footing, football betting needs, and sports information this season. You can find all of your latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's NFL games. Oh, some strange stuff happened. You got to go check those out, man. I watched, uh, I'm not a huge NFL fan. I watched a few games. I was at a birthday party for a four year old. Don't ask. Nevertheless, fun games. Uh, Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way <clears throat> uh, for all your uh, fastest and easiest way to check on all of your sports information, events, including Major League Baseball, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, what do we want to go here? So, let's get into some coaches' quotes after, uh, following the game. They had plenty to say following following the Trojan victory. 
And of course, we're going to start with Lincoln Riley. That's what we're all about. No matter who thinks the game's over or this doesn't matter, it all matters to us. And if you're going to be a champion, it's got to all matter. For our guys to get that stop right there at the end of the close game, at the end to close the game was as meaningful as anything that happened tonight. Lincoln Riley was talking about a the backups on defense, making a goal line stand. Uh, it was fourth and one, or it started fourth and th- whatever it was, fourth and three. The Bulldogs got down to fourth and one, and backups were in there, and they did not want to give up that what would literally be a meaningless score. The game was over. USC had their four, you know, forty-five points. Fresno was stuck on seventeen. Go ahead and make it 24 points. USC still covers 21-point spread. Well, the spread, I think, it dipped just under 11 at kickoff. Again, USC covered it and then some. But that was a – not only did the defense make the goal line stand with the backups on the field, but it it also sent that message that, again, USC's not laying down. Um, Alex Grinch – he was both Lincoln Riley and Grinch were ecstatic after the game. Um, again, Lincoln said that that goal line stand was probably as meaningful as anything that had happened in the game. That's how impressed and how proud he was of it. Um, call it a meaningless score, but it it's only meaningless if you attach that moniker to it. Grinch said after the game, Alex Grinch, USC defensive coordinator. It obviously did mean something. It might it might be a bigger thing than any of us realize. Uh, if you're looking at big picture down the line, this is what the guys who are going to look back at. You're not going to have your starters available every game all season long. Football's a rough collision sport. Fresno State got hurt. USC su- you know suffered some injuries. Um, we'll we'll re- we'll go over that on our next episode. Today, we're just going to highlight the, sh- the game, what USC did really well, and some things they need to improve on. Um, on the opportunistic defense, I asked Lincoln Riley following the game, you know, at this point now, I don't think it's a coincidence or, you know, happenstance. Lincoln's starting to agree. <laughs> great units. Great units. Make big-time plays at big moments, and I would say we're a very good defense that I expect is going to get better and better. Um, Hard to disagree. Hard to disagree with that. Remember, I said this defense just needs to be serviceable to be good. Yeah, well, I think they're uh, surpassing that. (laughs) It's fun to watch, that's for sure. Um, On the performance of Solomon Bird, from Lincoln Riley. It's huge. We gave him a game ball in there, which was a very which was very much deserved. Two weeks ago, he was a three and he wasn't getting very many reps. We talked about this in the earlier segment. He took five reps in the rice game. That is what we're trying to build. A guy that in the first game of the season takes five reps and as a three gets an opportunity, keeps working. And then now look at him. Now he's a starter. Came in and really impacted the game the last two weeks and was even better this week than he was last week from 
from what I saw on the field. And we would expect them to continue to get better, but it's been huge, end quote. Again, he is putting, Solomon Bird, Lincoln Riley are putting those words into actions. Solomon trusted coming over from Wyoming as a starter. And yeah, you know what? There's a lot of big time talent in front of him. You know, you got Corey Foreman. You got Romello Height. So I'm going to be the first guy to tell you. There's a lot of talent in there in front of him. He had to just keep working. This is what happens when you keep working. Good things happen. Uh, Let's talk about uh, what Fresno State's head coach, Jeff Tedford, had to say following the game. On the guys who stepped up for his team. And it's relevant uh, because I brought it up. You know, USC took out a couple of their players. And when you when you knock out the opposing team's quarterback, you have to really go in and reshuffle the deck. Um, there's a re- there's a there's a reason someone's a starter and someone's a, a backup or second string. There's usually a line in the sand that's been, been that's been marked. Uh, some some separations are larger than others. Um, at USC, the separation between Caleb Williams and Miller Moss is. Not that great. Caleb is, he's special. Miller has shown when he's given an opportunity, he can be pretty damn good too. Anyways, back to what uh, head coach Jeff Tedford had to say. Well, it hurt to lose your two captains, your leader on offense and on defense. It's our job to step up. Fife, Logan Fife, came in and did an admirable job handling the situation. Obviously on defense, we have to get off the field. We were playing a very good football team with a lot of athletes. They made us miss way too many times in space. And then we tried to spread out and then they ran it, ran it right at us. I mentioned that earlier in the show. So there's a lot to improve on, end quote. Uh, again, on USC's overall strategy and the special plays, quote, I don't think there were any, I don't think there were a lot of special plays. I saw a lot of screens. Outside that, we missed tackles on that. They made on that they made big plays on. Their running game was really good. They were very balanced. They spread us out to cover their speed and space. They hit us inside with the run. They had a good game plan, and then they executed very well. There's a lot of talent, a lot of ability over there, and a lot of speed on that field. We just couldn't get off the field. I think about the first half. I don't know what their time of possession was, but it wasn't good. (laughs) It was like 20 to 10 or something like that. We couldn't get off the field. I mentioned it earlier in the show. USC, not only did they lead on the scoreboard, they were... If you remember what Stanford used to look like when when they were running a very balanced offense with quarterback, tight ends, running backs... You got a really good, a really good reminder of what it looks like. And USC has better athletes and more speed than Stanford. So I guess USC fans, this team's only going to get better. And according to Jeff Tetford, he didn't see anything special out there. So when Lincoln Riley starts opening up the playbook, I think, just me talking, I I'm pretty sure you guys, everyone who's watching or listening to the show, you're going to agree. 
USC is just going to continue to get better as the season goes on. But again, they've got to stay healthy. And this defense just has to continue to uh, creating take, creating takeaways. They had two more. They are now plus 10 through three games. And they haven't turned the ball over once. That'll get it done. That'll keep you rising in the polls. Or in this case, kind of staying where you're at. So in our previous segment, I mentioned rising in the polls. Well, the AP and coaches poll came out uh, Sunday. USC did move up one spot in the coaches poll from eight to number seven, which now matches their AP ranking, number seven. Unfortunately, everybody in front of them won over the weekend, so there was no room to move up. But I will again remind everybody the top 10, starting from number one, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson are your top five teams. I feel I would probably vote those first three the same way. Michigan did what they were supposed to do over the weekend, throttled Jim Mora and USC's former defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. I think they shut him out 59 to nothing. So Michigan is doing their doing their part. They can hold on that four spot. Be interesting to see if USC and Michigan ever you know hook up this year. Clemson, I'm not sold on them. Oklahoma, they 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 did what they should have done against Nebraska, and I feel bad for Nebraska. Such a quality program, quality fans, salt of the earth people. They got off to a really good start in that game. Uh, jumped out to a seven nothing. They felt good, and then. All of a sudden, by the end of the game, it's 49-14, Oklahoma. Nebraska, I've seen this movie. You're going to be experiencing USC 2021. But you got rid of your head coach. You're starting the you're starting the healing process. Go get a good head coach. But you know what? You got some competition. The Pac-12 dumped two of their head coaches over the weekend. Same day. Herm Edwards, Arizona State, he's out of here. Carl Durrell, Colorado. He uh, Ralphie booted him. College football is big time. It's a business. And the Pac-12, Pac-10 plus two, they're going through a transition right now, knowing USC is heading over to the, to the big conference, the Big Ten. They got to uh, show that they are going to be serious about football if they want to get a better TV contract and get any type of... Uh, um, Interest from better coaches for these programs. Otherwise, man, I, I saw what USC had to deal with for close to a decade. I don't wish this on any program. Well, maybe I do for UCLA Notre Dame, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Anyways, back to the AP poll. So number six, Oklahoma. Number seven, USC. Number eight, Kentucky. I'm thinking if I'm Nebraska, I'm going to get Mark Stoops. That's my next head coach. Number nine, Oklahoma State. And number 10, Arkansas. So, looking at the teams in front of USC, behind USC, who would you say could beat them? Good question, huh? I'll just go ahead and finish up the top 20 for you. AP poll. Tennessee is all the way up to number 11. NC State 12. Utah, checking in, back at 13. Well, we're going to see how high they can USC and Utah can rise in those polls by the time they 
matchup in week six, three weeks away. Penn State up to 14. Oregon, look at that. Had a big walloping win over BYU, who was missing their top two starting wide receivers. Again, Fresno State saw what happened when they lost their two best players. BYU suffered a similar fate. Hey, but you know what? Give credit to Oregon. They bounced back from getting their asses handed to them against Georgia. Came back home, beat up a, I don't know who they beat up, somebody 70-3. Followed that up with a very convincing win against a BYU team that has had their way with the Pac-12 recently, including USC. So, golf clap, Oregon. After that, you've got Ole Miss at 16, Baylor 17, Washington Huskies check in at number 18. They uh, they dumped Michigan State. Good old Sparty traveled to uh, Seattle, left a loser. Maybe the Big Ten isn't as tough as everyone makes them out to be. Where do I leave? Okay, BYU drops to 19. Florida stays at 20. Wake Forest. 21, Texas, 22, A&M, 23. Okay, interesting. Pittsburgh, 24, Miami, number 25. Oh, by the way, Texas A&M bounced back and beat Miami. I tried to tell you guys in Miami, all my Miami Hurricane fans, Mario Cristobal, he's going to recruit like a mother for you guys. He doesn't know how to call plays, and he cannot develop a quarterback. Good luck, Miami. The U, who are you? USC, we're starting to figure out who they are. They have an identity on offense. They are an opportunistic defense. And I think we're going to start calling them a physical team on both sides of the ball. You don't believe me? Head over to WeRSC.com. Check it out. We've got a lot of good content for you. Uh, Scott Trader, he's got some great film. Chris Arledge is going to have his musings up. Greg Katz has his content con, uh, contributions. I got up my Sunday takeaways. I thought I put up a really good notes and observations report from game day. And I'll be back again on Tuesday with another episode. I'm already over my 30 minutes. As you can see, it's really hard to give you all your USC news and notes and information in 30 minutes or less. But that's what we do here on Locked on USC so make sure I'm making make sure you are making this your first listen every day. Until then, you know what to do. Starts with an F and an O.